right, welcome to another episode of the NC Collective Sports Show. I'm your host, Colin. I'm here with the co-host, Justin Ganzon. We're joined today by a truly special guest. For me, this is a dream come true to be able to speak to somebody that is credentialed and is decorated as this man is in the sport of basketball in the state of North Carolina. Everybody, welcome. Well, thank you. That's very nice of you. Very generous. Yes, sir. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, you know, I'm 28 years old and growing up, you know, watching you as a kid, um, you know, coach those guys up and just being a figure in North Carolina to look up to and hear my parents talk about you and everything. Like I said, it truly is an honor. Um, you know, can't can't tell you that enough, I, I, sir. <laughs> I, I hope they said nice things. Oh, no, they, absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, I hope they weren't mad at me for missing a foul shot or or, or or losing a game as a coach. So no, no, they were all they talked about was you leading the uh, 1982 team in assists, you know, or winning a national championship or being the coach of the year. But now you're an author, so I wanted to kind of sit down and talk about that and talk about your new book. Thank you, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, so you recently just came out with the uh, new book, Rebound from Pain to Passion. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about what inspired you to write that and who inspired you to write it? Yeah, um, I've, uh, <clears throat> I do corporate talks. I'm an executive coach for Vistage, which is one of the leading executive coaching organizations in the country. And when I would speak at public events, people would ask me if I had a book, and I didn't, and I just felt funny, you know, like, who, who do I think of that I, who, who, who am I to write a book, so, um, but I had enough people encourage me to do it, it was, it's good for my business, uh, gives me more credibility as a speaker and, and an executive coach, and, and I had uh, a message to deliver, and, and basically, you know, the message I try to deliver is, is uh, Robin Roberts from, from Good Morning America says, make your mess your message. So I try to make my mess my message in my book and also my talks, uh, executive coaching. You know, the mistakes that I've made, I try to teach people uh, to avoid, to help them avoid stepping on the landmines. So uh, um, I had help from two Two guys in particular, John Black and Scott Stankavich, both Carolina grads, uh, as I was thinking about doing this, they encouraged me and and also helped edit the book. Gotcha, gotcha. So can you tell me a little bit about the background and what exactly they did to inspire you to write the book? Well, I think they just encouraged me, you know, validated. I, I talk about in the book, Colin, that we need truth tellers. We need people to tell us the truth. And, and uh, because so, so many times we don't hear the truth. People want to protect us. They don't want to be rude um, or, or they feel intimidated. But I think you know, if we could all hear the truth, wouldn't, wouldn't that be better? You know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, tell me I'm getting ready to, to do something stupid. Tell me, you know, whatever it is. And so <clears throat> I, I wanted their feedback. You know, is this a good idea? And they both agreed it was, and then they both, and, and, you know, they 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 read the book and helped me edit it. And that's that's a challenge. That's a lot of work, and that's a sign of good friends. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree completely. Um, you know, that is one of the main things, just being able to find the people in your life that can tell you the truth that helps you improve as a person. You know, I feel like that's helped me um, throughout my life as well. So former, former player and current UNC assistant coach Sean May said, Coach Doherty recruited me out of Indiana. I trusted him and his staff with my future. To this day, I don't regret that decision. Although things didn't work out at UNC for Coach Doherty, he and the staff always tried to help us reach our dreams and goals, and I will always respect him for that. Do you still have a relationship with the rest of the guys that you recruited on the 2005 National Championship team? I have a relationship with most of them. Um, I don't talk with every one of them. Uh, I have talked to most of them, um, but the, the people I talk to probably regularly from that team communicate with the best is, you know, I, I talk to Sean, um, I see him, uh, Raymond Felton, Jackie Manuel, uh, Melvin Scott, um, uh, you know, those are probably Damian Grant. Um, those are probably the guys I'm probably missing a name or two, but those are probably the guys I I've connected with the most and most regularly. Gotcha. And I think one of the main messages of your book is setbacks lead to major comebacks. You know, it's all about getting up and being better than who you were whenever you were down. So I want to talk about a little bit of what was the toughest thing that you didn't foresee before you took the Carolina job? that you experienced when you got there? Basically an un unforeseen obstacle that you had as a UNC head coach. Yeah, I think that's that's a great question. I think the, um, the politics of the job, I think the inner workings of, um, you know, the, the, the four secretaries that have been there for an average of 20, 25 years each, and then Dean Smith and Bill Guthridge being in the building um, that, you know, uh, the getting the criticism for bringing my staff with me, you know, that political, um, uh, that was hard. The, the feel, not feeling like everybody was working as one, uh, that, that was probably the biggest challenge for me. And, and I think that's, you know, a direct result, you know, when a, when a former player, when a former coach has office in the building and still has a lot of influence, you know, that's that's not normal in business, um, but it's somewhat normal in athletics. You know, it's going to be interesting to see with Roy Williams, you know, is he going to still be in the office? You know, what's that going to be like? What's his relationship with, like, with Hubert, which I, I know is a very good relationship. Um, and then, you know, with Coach Krzyzewski, what's that going to be like? Um, you know, I, I know Craig Escherich at Georgetown. Um, matter of fact, I played golf with him this weekend. And, you know, John Thompson was in the building and still very present. And that can be hard at times. It can be good. It can be bad. You know, the good thing is you have a resource at your fingertips. The bad thing is people can go to him and not go to you as the head of the program. And, and yeah. if he doesn't support you, if, you know, in certain things or if there's any hesitancy, then it really weakens your, your position of power. 
I think you bring up a great point um, in saying just that you know you, you do need a, a central focal point in any you know arena that you're going to go to battle with people. You know, you, you want to have that one singular voice who kind of echoes a little bit louder than you know maybe yeah you, you give tasks you delegate and you give power to the people that you're working with but at the end of the day you know to have somebody as focal and as you know historyed as a dean or roy uh it's got to be pretty difficult for you know a, a coach like you to come in and really try and make his mark as well yeah it, it, it was it was it was a challenge you know for me uh, the politics of it and and the thing that was really hard was I got the job in July. You know, Hubert got in April, and Hubert's been an assistant there for nine years and recruited those players. I had to get to know the players starting July 11th, and that was in the middle of a recruiting period, so I really didn't get to spend time with them till school started in the end of August. And then we were two months away from the start of practice, and, and that was hard. Um, and and so um yeah it, it was a very challenging time i would have liked to have had more time to get to know the staff and i would have liked to have my staff been more accepted by um the the, the secretaries and and yeah. and the, you know probably well, coach, I, coach Guthridge. i'd like to stay in recruiting a little bit with you because I know that was something you know Roy brings up you know you hear it from anecdotes and you know different articles you read if you follow Carolina basketball is just the ever-changing evolution of recruiting uh, and how you know you have to get very creative nowadays um, but you also have to go and walk into a you know a family's home and, and instill trust um, you know can you talk to me a little bit about what the separation might be from, you know, maybe a coach like Roy in, you know, his recruitment strategy and, you know, a coach like Hubert and then yourself and just how, you know, those types of ideologies can kind of, you know, just really make a difference on the guys you're bringing in the building. Yeah, it's hard. I think it's really hard. Harder now than ever before. I think Hubert um, will connect with those players because he's younger. But yet he's 50. But I think he's a young 50. He played at North Carolina. He played in the NBA. I think he'll get respect for that. Um, you know, and then in today's day, you know, whether it's right or wrong, you know, being an African-American will also help as he tries to connect with African-American players. And I think that you know, I'm not saying that was used against Roy or used against me, but it seems to be obviously a hot button for a lot of the country now. So, you know, you could put that issue to the side. But you still have to try to build a trust with kids that think they're going to the NBA after a year, whether they play in the G League, go to Europe, or play at North Carolina. And at the end of the day, most players will trust people that they've been around longer because of that time. But a lot of those people 
telling them things that they want to hear. Yeah. And if Hubert or Coach Williams or myself will tell them, you know, I don't think you're ready for the NBA. You know, then people will be in their ear saying, oh, he's trying to hold you back. When in fact, you might not be ready for the NBA. So it's hard to develop that trust now more than ever because you don't have that time with the, the, the player and that player's, the high-level players usually entangled with some other people, whether it's speaker people or agents or AU coaches. Yeah. And Coach, that, that brings up a good point. You know, I know whenever you were coaching at Notre Dame and North Carolina, the AAU circuit was huge, you know, in recruiting and finding players. Does it almost seem like with the transfer portal, how it is now with all the players entering that, that it feels almost like an AAU circuit type situation where – players have the autonomy to go pick where they want to play? Yeah, I, I think I, I think it's I don't know, I mean that's a good question however, it's just another layer of junk you got to deal with how do you navigate that? how do you coach your players, coach them firmly and risk them risk hurting their feelings because you told them to sit down and then they complain to their parents or coach, and the coach says, oh, you should leave. Yeah. And the kids are already being recruited from another school through the coach, AU coach, and the coach, the coach can say, hey, you know, Justin, you're not happy. He's not getting you. He's not running you in pick and roll enough. You're not getting many shots. I've been talking to Coach at XYZ. And they'll put you in those positions. You wanna, you wanna move. That's how easy it is. Yeah. So and it, it seems so stark difference from you know a four-year commitment used to be a four-year commitment, or you know, it, it just I, I hear I heard it in Roy's press conference too. It's just that you know you're you're a young man, but you're a man, and you know these deals that I feel like are being made are easier to uh, retract and, and run away from when the first sign of adversity hits, you know, whatever situation you're in. Like you said, if, if you're not getting enough minutes, if you're not putting enough shots, you know, there there used to be a, a, a word called grit for that where, you know, that would uh, upset a player in the sense of internalizing it and using it as motivation. Whereas, I, I mean, honestly, I feel as if the motivation... In, in that regard has, has kind of left the building in a sense. Um, and I know that's a pretty pretty macro blanket statement, but I mean, that might be a testament to our generation as well, you know, of just needing to really internalize what really drives us. And I feel like that's a lot of what you're writing in your book too, with just the ability to, to rebound, you know, to get up and, and to really, you know, brave the day, even if it makes you uncomfortable. Well, that's the only way to grow. You grow at the end of your comfort zone. So you got to be you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable, and, and that's the only way to get better. And you do that through competition. Um, not every place is 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 right for everybody. I don't have a problem with kids transferring, but I'd like them to do it the old-fashioned way, where they, you know, you got to meet with a coach. You got to it forces a conversation, and and, and you're still going to get your your release and then you got to sit out so it makes a kid think 
all right, do I really want to sit out or will I gut it out? And so, um, um, but, you know, it's just human nature. Everyone wants to microwave their career. You know, they want to get it real quick. You know, going down to uh, talking about your career, you stayed for four years at Carolina. You played with James Worthy, Sam Perkins, Michael Jordan, all guys that stayed for more than one year. Who do you think was the best on-the-floor leader of that time? And also, you led that team in assists, like I said. Were you the original point forward of basketball? <laughs> oh, no, you're being kind. Actually, I think Jimmy Braddock, Jimmy Black led the team in assists. Um, the, you know, well, James is a junior, okay? And, and, and Jimmy Black was probably the best leader on the team vocally. James was the guy we looked to to settle the team down in terms of like, okay, we need a bucket. You know, we're going to look to James because he was just the baddest dude in the country. And, uh, and, and, uh, but James was so unselfish too. Like there were games where I remember him saying, you know, I'm going to pass it to you. You just shoot it. And, you know, that, that's tremendous leadership, tremendous unselfishness. Um, so, you know, I think Jimmy was the vocal leader. James was the the de facto leader as, a, as the best player. And then, you know, I'd like to think that Sam and I and then Michael, because Michael was the youngest. Um, but we were all pretty, I think, mature players. We're, you know, we weren't selfish. We were pretty level-headed, and we knew what it took to win. Right, right. And, uh, you know, just going back to your recruitment at Carolina, so when did you know that you actually wanted to be a Tar Heel? Well, I committed to them. At the time, it was the earliest commitment in Carolina history. It was October of my senior year. Um, I, I fell in love with Carolina basketball probably in 76 when uh, four Tar Heels were in the Olympics with Coach Smith and Coach Guthridge. And then 77, the next year, uh, they went to the Final Four with a freshman called named Michael Korn, who you know, was my favorite player. Um, six seven white guy from New Jersey, and you know I I, I hoped I could play like him, uh, and uh, so once they started recruiting me, and I felt like maybe I could play there, even though I knew there's a risk, um, you know it was it was over. So uh, and I don't I don't regret it at all. Gotcha, coach. And you know jumping around, I know we went back to your recruitment, but going back to your coaching career. Who was the toughest player to plan against and guard in game that would make changes to what you were throwing at him? When I was at North Carolina? Yeah. Uh, uh, my first year, we were pretty good. And uh, we were ranked number one in the country at one point. Uh, off the top of my head, you know, I don't think I never felt like we were, you know, out anybody that really scared us talent-wise. Um, my sophomore year, we weren't. I mean, in my second year, we weren't very good, and and um, so then everybody, everything was heightened, you know. Um, but I guess I go back to the Duke team. You know, they had five guys. And four guys that can really stretch the floor and shoot it. 
there you know, from Jason Williams, Duhon, um, uh, Shane Battier, Dunleavy, and Boozer inside. Um, you know, their style, the way they shot it, obviously a challenge. Um, they beat us twice. We beat them once at, at their place. Um, trying to think. Whew. Maryland was very good, but in terms of one player, you know, my second, my third year, you know, um, Josh Howard was very difficult at Wake Forest. He was a really good player. Um, I don't know. There's, there's just a lot of good players. It's hard to just say one. Uh, then I'm trying to think my last year um, uh, to, to think back to the, their, those teams, and I, I can't. I can't think of one player that just blew us out of the water. I think that there were a lot of good players um, in the league. Gotcha. So what is one thing that you would change about your coaching career at North Carolina? If you could go back and just change one aspect of it or one decision, what is the one Uh, thing you'd change? uh, I would probably let Coach Smith run the program through me. That's simple. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, I was told that it was my program running how you see fit. But, you know, really looking back, it was his baby. And I should have, I either should have stayed at Notre Dame or taken the job and, and say, hey, coach, you know, I, I want, you know, I need, I need and want you to really counsel me on every move I make and, and embrace that and 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 uh, um, that's probably the biggest thing you know but when I was told it's your program uh, you know I did make some decisions and I think at the end of the day he might not have been happy with them yeah yeah Colin and I were talking about just a little bit of that before you know we got on the call and you know one of the things we were wondering you know I know who was brought in right after you is still there running running the show in Notre Dame. Do you feel as if you hadn't made that move, you might still be coaching over there? Yeah, yes. I mean, those are triggers that happen all the time. I mean, you know, Carolina wins a championship, and, and you know, I'm thinking I could it could have been me. Roy Williams goes to the Hall of Fame. I'm thinking it could have been me. Mike Bray has the most wins in Notre Dame history. Could have been me, you know. That's just human nature, but that's what you have to fight. And, and I think to, to fight that, the best way to fight it is to steer from it. And I talk about it in my book, The Bridge Over the Bitter River. And I think you gotta pray, you know, pray about it. And, and you know, you, you read the Bible and the Old Testament about Joseph getting sold into slavery by his brothers. And, um, you know, why? Why did he get sold into slavery by his brothers, you know? And then he comes back and he's the second most powerful person in the land. And then he gives grace to his brothers when they were hungry. I was talking to my pastor about that this morning. So I won't know why I went through what I went through till hopefully I'm in heaven. But the way I'm gonna use it is, okay, God, I went through this crap. I learned from it. I'm going to make my mess my message and try to help other people and and, and, and coach them Thank to you. avoid the landmines I stepped on and and, and and connect with coaches and players. I mean, um, 
that, that have gone through some tough times and might say, why, why me? Why is this happening to me? Um, and I talked to a couple of friends who went through some tough stuff. And um, I feel like now I can counsel them with some wisdom. Yeah. So maybe that's my role now. You know? Okay, so I'll tell you what, you know, just a bit about me. You know, I moved to, to North Carolina in 2000, and that was from the Bay Area, California. I was six, going into seven years old, right? So with a bunch of my friends in the neighborhood, um, it was kind of you had to choose a side kind of thing. Uh, that's just how it rolls at you know, North Carolina. You're, you're Wolfpack, you're Tar Heel, you're a Blue Devil. Um, and one of my best friends was a Tar Heel fan and took me to his first game, and, and I saw your team out there and just the energy. I mean, in California, college sports, is, it's big, but it's, it's nowhere close to what it is here in, in North Carolina. And I can see the stark difference from a, you know, a USC rivalry to a Cal versus a, a Duke Carolina. You know, anybody can see that if they have, you know, two eyeballs to see the screens and just to see the passion. Um, so I just, I just wanted to let you know that, you know, for me to, to see that team, to, to just fully resonate with those guys, it was, you know, what acclimated me to being in Raleigh, North Carolina from a kid from California, um, having a good friend to take me to those games. And, you know, I, I learned the game of basketball when I first moved out here. You know, before that, it was a couple other sports that, you know, I, I never thought I was going to play basketball. You know, so I wasn't very good at it. You know, they used to. Uh, He's still not very good. On the street, where <laughs> whoever whoever had Gans on on his team, they got the ball first. So it's just it's it's a true blessing to be right here with you and, and just having you know a conversation with you as an adult now. Um, it's it's kind of crazy how you know life goes full circle and, and you really like you said you, you gotta you gotta stick with it and um, I appreciate you just kind of you know making your your mess your message because you know it definitely it definitely resolved with me thank you very much uh justin i appreciate that yes sir i can't yeah i couldn't have said it better myself this is like truly a dream come true for me i mean you you are carolina basketball you are a legendary tar Heel, and i i, I feel i going back to what you said about sometimes we don't feel adequate enough I didn't feel like I should be able to talk to you because that's how much you mean in the state of North Carolina. Ah, uh, jeez. Hey, hey, listen, man. <laughs> Colin, that's uh, the last thing I want to do is make someone feel like they can't talk to me. And, and I learned from my parents, you treat everybody with respect and you talk to people and engage with people. That's the thing that I probably enjoy doing the most. You can ask my wife. She calls me the mayor. Because I like to talk to everybody and shake hands. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, no, thank you. And, and, and it's, it's, it's the fans that make it. You know, without the fans, we don't have the sport. You know, you all have to be, you know, passionate about it to drive, you know, to want to pay for tickets, pay for gear, watch the games on TV. You know, because without you, we don't have a sport. So if we don't... Re- Respect the fans, then then we're 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 going to cannibalize the sport. So, coach, can you tell can you tell the audience where they can get the book at, and um, you know just yeah all these social media platforms that they can reach out to you on? Yes, yeah, sure. Thank you. 
Um, I'm on at Doherty Matt at Twitter, at Doherty Matt. Um, you can get uh, the book on Amazon, Rebound from Pain to Passion. You can go to my website, rebound-book.com, and order the book. Um, or you can order directly from me and by going to my email address, um, coachd at rebound-book.com. It's great, Coach. Once again, you know, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm, I appreciate it and hope to get to talk to you again, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Appreciate Very it. Much appreciate it, Coach. Have a good day. Go Heels. Yeah, thank Go you. Go Heels.